Hallelujah. If God be for me, we know that there is no one and nothing that can stand against us. Come on, somebody needs to hear that today. Come on, God's, God's working on your side because you're on God's side. In the name of Jesus, come on, let's worship him for a moment. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify him. Let's give him praise. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph, a voice of victory. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Without any further delay in this wonderful atmosphere, I'd like the man of God to prepare to get ready to come. Amen. I've had the honor of knowing him for several years and uh, have enjoyed, amen, that fellowship that we've had and we've met in different parts of the country when we were evangelizing. Uh, but I appreciate his ministry. And I know you've blessed this church before, and we want you to come and take your liberty. Church, amen, as the man of God comes, would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Amen. How many is going to help the man of God preach today? Amen. Would you lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and we're going to pray right now. Come on, would you pray as the man of God comes? Would you lift up your voice with us in the name of Jesus? God, speak to me. Amen. On this final service of 2020, would you open up your mouth, God, through this man, and would you speak a word? Come on, church. Let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Come on, you lift your hands, but now would you lift your voice in the house? Come on, would you lift your voice in the house? God, we love you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. Come on, would you lift up your voice? You're lifting your heart with your hands right now. God, we worship you. Thank you, God, for the beautiful singing. Thank you for the beautiful worship. But now, God, help us enter into another realm of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a beautiful spirit that's in this house tonight. Amen. What a great God that we serve. Amen. God has been good to us. Amen. I come to the house of God thanking Him, giving Him back His due praise. It's an honor to be in this great church. It's an honor to be with you great fine people of God. Be with your great pastor and pastor's wife. Give them honor tonight. Amen. It's been a great, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, this was uh, our first revival was here in ARC and uh, almost seven years ago. And uh, there's a lot of things that's grown. The church has grown. And I've gained about 50 pounds. Praise the Lord. We have all grown. And uh, my family's grown since we've been here. This last year had two baby, two twin baby girls. God has brought them safely home. Amen. Miracle. A true miracle. And, uh, and I hate that my wife can't be with us, but we got two little girls that we're trying to get a little more uh, weaned off of everything and be a little bit older, handle the elements of just a few uh, months old. And so thankful, thankful for the hand of God that's been upon us. And uh, what an honor it is. It's a double honor to be invited back and to be here tonight on this special night. Believe God's going to help us. I see some familiar faces. So good to see you tonight. And uh, I do believe the Lord would help us. do feel like God's given me direction. And I want to obey what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Uh, Ezra chapter 4. Ezra chapter 4, starting in verse 1. I direct your attention there tonight. And uh, I'd ask the Lord to help us. believe the Lord can help us go into the new year. Amen. Seeing what we've never seen being a part of what we 
what God has for us. Ezra chapter 4 and verse 1, now when the adversaries of Jude and Benjamin heard the children of the captivity build the temple unto the Lord of God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel, to the chief of the fathers, and said unto them, Let us build with you, but we seek your God as ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of and king of Assur, which brought us up hither. But Zerubbabel and Shuan, the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel, said unto them, Ye have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, hath commanded us. Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah, troubled them in the building, and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even unto the reign, Darius, king of Persia. And it goes on and on and on to the accusations in verse 6 to the against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. Ma'am, this is a place where people are coming against the hands of the people of God. And they are trying to oppose the work of the Lord to frustrate, the Bible says, the people of the Lord. I believe the Lord would help us here tonight. Would you put your Bibles down? Why don't we go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to take us where He wants us to go tonight. Heavenly Father, thank You for this beautiful congregation. Thank You, God, for this great pastor and pastor's wife. I pray, God, You touch ARC tonight. Would You help us? God, would You minister to this body? I pray, God, that You would strengthen this house. I pray, God, the next several moments You would talk to us. God, You know every need before we make mention of it. And I'm asking you, God, tonight to meet the needs of this house. Speak to us in a clear and a certain sound. And pray, God, you get past the surface, get beneath, God, every wall and barrier that would hinder and hurt. I pray, God, you would speak a clear word that would penetrate to where we're living. Get past the mask, get past the masquerade, and touch and encourage. I pray and strengthen and build your precious holy people. I pray, God, you would help this preacher be a preacher of your word. Let me be an open conduit in which you can flow, and we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor that's due your name. Would you clap your hands one more time? Come on, let's give him all the praise. Why don't we give him all the honor that's in this house? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, would you do that with your lips right now? We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord here tonight. Man, we begin to look at this portion of Scripture, and it is easy tonight to begin to see that the frustration of the people, the Bible even says that the work of the adversary was not just to oppose them, but to frustrate them, knowing that if they lose their momentum, they lose their direction. But for the next few moments, amen, the Lord would help me. If they lose their vision, amen, it is in this place when they begin to work on the people of the Lord. These are people that after 70 years in Babylon under the empire that fell to the Persians, there they had different policies with foreigners. But according to the word of the Lord, 
The first year as King Cyrus made the proclamation that allowed the Jews to go back to the lamb, their motherland, and begin to rebuild the temple. Somewhere around 537 B.C., they are allowed to re-enter into the lamb. And the book of Ezra records what happens. About 50,000 people respond to this order, to the call to return to Jerusalem. As the returnees, the exiles, get settled down in their new homes, they begin to offer sacrifices to the God of their forefathers. They begin to start gathering supplies and wood and stone. They begin building, and then finally, after about two years, they begin to do the reconstruction of the temple. They begin to lay the foundation. They begin to have a great ceremony, a celebration. But soon, just after the foundation, is when all the opposition begins to come. It's a time when the Samaritan opposition brought the construction to a halt in 536 B.C. And Ezra 4 and 24 notes that the work of the house of God in Jerusalem stopped, and it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. The temple project, that means languished for over 16 years until 520 B.C., a long time with all the momentum that was coming behind them, all of the decrees that had to be signed and the favor that the Lord had upon Cyrus and said, we're going we're to let the hand of God be upon him, and he's going to allow the people of the Lord to return back and not just go back to Jerusalem, but they're going to begin to rebuild amen, their most precious and holy thing, which is the temple of the Lord. And in the middle of all the momentum and in the middle of all the things that are going good, it's as if a great distraction begins to come. In the middle of a, can I put it this way, a great revival. In the middle of the hand of the Lord being upon them. And men are doing everything they know to do. They're working steadily. If they've got to go and get wood from the mountaintops as they were commanded, they went to the mountaintops to get the wood. They begin to have to work hard and begin to turn the grind and begin to mix mortar and begin to make brick. Men were ready and able to begin to build this foundation for the Lord. Something that happens when a church has forward momentum. There's something that happens when men and women get a vision for where they are headed. And as long as the people had a vision, as long as they could see amen, the linear view of where God had for them to go, everybody was willing to work. Everybody was willing to put their hand to the plow. Everybody was willing to get a shovel in their hand. I want to preach to you for the next few moments. Amen. amen. There's been a lot of talk about 2020 vision this last year. And it seems like it's everything but 2020 vision. In fact, the only 2020 we're going to see really is when we get into the next year and the, where we come from, we're going to see what really happened. And yet people's visions have been distorted. Everybody that had a plan for 2020, he been seems to be blindsided by all that's happened to us. Beginning of 2020, there were people that were 
building the blocks of the kingdom of God. Everything seemed to be rocking when we come out of 2019. It looked as if everything was on the up and the up. And then because of this great distraction, pandemics, I'm not going to preach it. It's not something real. It's something that is real. Amen. What just as the real, as a Persian coming against the house of the Lord. Forward momentum seems to be stopped. But let me preach to you for a few moments that even though there was a little bit of opposition that was there, amen, what began to happen as one year turned into two years. And what began to turn into two years turned into four years and five years and six years until it was 16 long plus years that the kingdom of the Lord stood idle. I want to preach to some people here tonight that there are things in life that gives us setbacks. There are things in life that we have to step back and catch our breath and have to reevaluate where we are. But there are other things that can come against us that pulls us away from the perfect will of God. And you can say, hey, I'm just being careful, and I, I'm just being kind, and I'm just, I'm just trying to play by the rule book. But let me tell you, if we're not careful, what will turn into just one distraction turns into fatal distraction. What was just meant to be there, he been waiting on a new decree. He been, we got new kings and new lawyers and new governors and new officials. And 16 long years, he been the kingdom still in the same shambles that it's been. What are you saying, preacher? I want to preach tonight until somebody gets their vision back. It says, okay, we had a setback, but it's time to get plugged back into the kingdom of the Lord. Yeah, we had some things that we could not happen. He been, we could not avoid, but we can make up our mind. We refuse to go into the next year dragging the same old excuses and the same old problems and the same old hello, even church pandemics. And we're going to make up our mind. No, I've got to plug into the Holy Ghost. Whatever you have for me, God, even I want to build up the most holy thing. Before I build up anything else, let me build up the church. Oh, somebody clap your hands in the house of the Lord. It's interesting, amen, when Haggai begins to look at the same, amen, issue that's going on. The prophet Haggai comes to us in Haggai chapter 1. And Haggai begins to prophesy to some of the Jews, amen, beginning to preach to them. He tells them it's time to build the kingdom. But he says, you say it's not time to build the kingdom. However, in Haggai chapter 1, verse 7 through 11, we also begin to see the rebuke of Haggai because Haggai begins to talk to these people that over the course of 16 long years, that while they stopped building the house of the Lord, they started building their own houses, that while the kingdom of the Lord was laying doormat because of a distraction, However, it was a real distraction, but 16 long years, there were great other distractions. People began to keep building their businesses. They kept building their crops and their lands. They kept taking care of the merchants and keep taking care of all other things that he meant were contrary or secondary to the house of God. I don't know how it is in Nevada, but I know how it is in several other places that I've been, and it seems as if the houses are nicer than they've ever been. I went to Lowe's because I had an issue with my trailer, and I stood in line to get inside of Lowe's and inside of Home Depot to get material. And during this pandemic, people have been making their houses 
beautiful. And they've been working on the landscaping and painting's all beautiful. Tile jobs, the grout's fixed and sealed. He man, the trim is that, that honeydew list that's been sitting there. He man says Moby Dick was a minnow. He man, all of a sudden everybody's willing to get how you do it. Everybody's willing to get back to work because it's time to focus on other things. He man, the sale industry right now for mobile homes and RVs and fifth wheels are through the roof because people have taken time to go and enjoy vacation and there's nothing wrong with it. If they've got to work from home, why not get a beautiful scenery? He and yet it seems as if people he been come back to the book that they have taken what has been a distraction. He been things of pandemics that were out of our control but now it's a vacation every weekend. Now it's a home project. Oh, you ain't gonna help me preach right now. Now it's a new paint job everywhere. I gotta work on this and the cars up on Jackson. I, I gotta work on this and do that. Come on. Somewhere you gotta get back to the house of God and get your vision back and say, okay, there are things that were out of my control. But if I'm gonna get that control of anything, amen, that's worth value, it's gonna be first at the house of God. If you come on, can I remind us uh, that our first obligation is to the kingdom of the Lord? Amen. Our first obligation is to build up the most holy things, uh, which is a temple of the Lord. I want to make sure that before I do anything, I'm sold out to the kingdom of God. I want to be careful. I want to be obedient to God. Amen. My pastor and the laws of the land as much as I can. But I also got to make sure that I don't take advantage of the kingdom of the Lord. Come on. It's time to come on. It's time to be faithful like we've never been faithful before. Don't go into 2021 and go with the same excuses that you had last year and this year. No. It's time to get my hand back to the plow and say this is the most important thing. If I'm going to paint something, paint a wall in the church. Come on. If I'm going to lay tile, make sure I lay it. Come on. I want to be involved wherever it needs to be involved in the kingdom of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands with me. I just got to be myself, so forgive me. Hey, man, I've watched people in the last year. Hey, man, the COVID crisis have come through. I've had it. My wife has had it. Our kids, one of our daughters, they said, had it in the NICU just to put it on top of weight upon weight. It was a trying time. And so I, I've been down the road a little bit, so let me preach from experience. Amen. But I, 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 I've been through it. We've tried to be cautious. we tried to do everything we've tried to do according to what we could do and still be apostolic. Is that okay? done our best to be to be to be careful amen and yet and yet every opportunity we could get in the house that the lord was open amen according after we did our our time of isolation amen i couldn't do anything but long to get back to church I don't know how you felt, but he been staying in my pajamas and doing the moonwalk and in your house slippers didn't do enough for me. I wanted to get back to the church where I could feel the Shekinah glory slip in. Thank God for online ministry. If you're watching tonight, I'm glad you're here. Amen. But there's nothing that happened in my living room that it felt like what was happening in the sanctuary. If I had to do it as a medium, I did what I had to do. But my soul said, get me back to church. Get me back to like they were singing a few moments ago when the anointing of the Holy Ghost was coming through. Come on. That's something. Come on. That's something that happens in an apostolic prayer room that you don't get in your living room eating a bowl of cereal. You're not going to help me preach. That's something that happens 
happens with the anointed man of God. Your pastor gets behind the sacred desk. You know what you're doing when you say amen? Hey, but you're going to the mountaintop and getting the wood. You know what you do when you run the aisles? You're going to the brick and mortar and saying, hey, I'll tell you what we're doing, man of God. We're ready to build up the church. Come on, this ought to be the greatest hour, not the darkest hour. This ought to be the greatest hour for the kingdom of God. Come on, God's kingdom's filling up. It's a time when backsiders are coming home. It's come on, it's a time when wayward saints, amen, are coming back to the house of God. It's a time that it's revealing what's been there all along. I've watched backsiders come back by the droves in revivals. Come on, I, I, my brother-in-law, a man that's been out for over five years, we've been praying and fasting. He's been seeking the face of God. My wife, he's been fasting, pushing the plate back. I said, what are you doing, honey? I'm praying for my brother. He's, he's coming back. I'm believing it. He went year after year in the middle of pandemic, and, and all that's going on came back to the house of God, prayed back to the, the Holy Ghost, and, and, and come on, living for God, doing a great job. He went, why? Because there's a hunger going on in the world. And in the middle of people coming back, there's also been a revealer of people that's lost their vision along the way. Come on, in the middle of people coming in by the drove, sinners saying, I know it's the end times, preacher. Hey, but I don't want to be lost. They don't even know the whole doctrine. But they come to church in my revivals uh, and then others uh, and say, man, I, I just don't want to be lost. I know we're in the end times. I've, I know that God's coming back. It's The signs are everywhere. And in the middle of that, even people that are supposed to be plugged into the Holy Ghost, people that are supposed to pay their tithes and their offering, it's their reasonable service. Uh, people that are supposed supposed to dress holy. They know better to do the things. They, amen. They've been raised around the kingdom of God. And it's some of those people that aren't sitting on pews tonight. Amen. There's some of those people that are slack and pulling back where they're not supposed. Come on. I'm going to preach this anyhow. Amen. It's people you thought were plugged in. Why? Because somewhere they lost their vision. And they lost, come on, seeing the tabernacle high and lifted up. It's somewhere they lost seeing God in his train filling the temple. They got so confused and scared with all that's going on. I want to preach to you tonight. You got to get your burden back. You got to get your vision back. You got to see. Well, come on. You got to see it again. No, I don't just see a foundation. Hey, but I see a starting point where God can build something and then be beautiful and holy and righteous. It may just look like a storefront to you, but God sees the kingdom of God. Come on. It may just come on. It may just see a preacher in a corner right now. Amen. But I see the world in front of me saying, come on. Amen. If God be for me. Who can be against me? Come on, ARC. It's not time to get slack. It's not time to fold up. It's not time to get lazy. It's time to plug in the Holy Ghost. Give us revival like it's been promised. Give us revival like it's been prophesied. Put it in our spirit until we see the salvation of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands with me. Somebody clap your hands with me all over this house. Hallelujah. Man, people that get so wayward in life, amen, so, amen, wayward in their emotions. If COVID has done anything, I, I tried to make myself promise that I wouldn't even bring it up. Amen. But it's where we're living. I can't help it. Amen. But COVID, if it's done anything for the church, amen, it's people that have stopped being engaged in the spirit. People that have come, come on, I, I'm not, if you're here tonight, you're being careful. Amen, I salute you. I'm not mad at you. Amen, but still, you got to engage no matter where you're at. 
You want to wear a mask? I've had to wear one. I'm not against it. You do what you got to do. But behind that mask, you better be talking to God. Even when the Spirit of the Lord gets to flow it. Come on, you social distance all you want to. Amen, do what you feel right. But you ought to be plugged in in the Holy Ghost when the Spirit gets moving. Come on, it don't matter. Come on, it don't matter. You got a mask on. It don't matter. You're six feet away. You got to plug in. If you don't come to the altar, honey, your pew ought to be a hotbed for revival. It ought to be a place where the thundering boat of the Spirit, amen, still shakes you to your core. Why? Because I'm plugged into the most holy things. I realize that I'm not going to let a distraction. I may be being careful, but I've got to plug into where my help cometh from. And your help doesn't come from a vaccine. Your help cometh from the Lord. Come on. Your help don't come from a stimulus check. Your help cometh from the Lord. That's where you get your help. That's where you get your peace. That's where you get your clarity in your spirit. Oh, somebody love the Lord with me in the house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. No wonder, man, we begin to look at Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10 is very interesting in correlation and parallel to Ezra chapter 4. Because in Daniel chapter 10, it says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, it's the place that we have heard quoted and preached of how that the angel of the Lord, the prince of Persia, began to hold off. There was a battle going on as what is described as Gabriel, the archangel, showing up there in chapter 10. And when he began to pray, Daniel speaking, began to pray and talk to the Lord and send requests. It's as if a man, he gets no reply. And it's not just a day, but it ends up being several weeks until he gets a reply from the Lord. And when the angel of the Lord shows up, he said, therefore I was left alone and saw the great vision. And there remained no strength in me for the comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. It's when Daniel begins to look at this great angel that shows up. Read that chapter. It's interesting that out of all the other times that Gabriel shows up, amen, Gabriel talks about him and his beauty. It refers to him as a man. But in this chapter when he shows up, Daniel talks about the great, amen, attributes. He talks about him being in bronze. and He talks about his, his breastplate and his shoulder. and He talks about the loins being girded. He describes a man that's ready for war. And he says, this angel of the Lord gives me a word. And I've got a vision, the Bible said. And here he is. He sees, amen, this time frame. In the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia. It's a time when Daniel's looking. Amen, but he's looking up. It's a time when the king of Persia, history records that he was only the king for less than nine years of span. And here he is. Could it be, amen, when we begin to look at this in the scripture, that what Daniel was really seeing was the opposition that was going to come against the kingdom of the Lord. And what he sees, uh, amen, it's the only place we can find the correlation in Scripture. And we look at these two parallels. And Daniel is there. And the angel of the Lord said, we heard the request on the first day. We were there with the king Cyrus, the prince of Persia. Amen. But there was an opposition that came. But we were there warring on your behalf. 
Now, wait a second. Hey, man, we got opposition showing up. And we got a man of God praying where there's a prophetic word and another vision's being described to him. And he said, when I seen the angel of the Lord show up, he's there ready to fight. He's showing up and he's in battle attire. And there he said, when I seen him, he was in the same year, amen, as King Cyrus king of Persia. David, or excuse me, Daniel, even what I'm looking at, the vision that I'm seeing is that the church has great opposition, but the angels of the Lord are aware of the opposition. I know it's, I know there's a time frame here, and it feels like nobody's listening. Your prayers are hitting a black brass ceiling. It seems like people are walking out, and not as many coming in the door, but Daniel, I've got a word for you. The angel of the Lord have been dispatched, and when you couldn't see we were warned on your behalf. Daniel, I know you don't have good, I know you don't see it all right now, but let me show you what God's been doing in secret. And now I'm going to reward it openly. Can I preach to ARC right now? What you don't see is God's working in the background. What you don't see is God is fighting for you. What you don't see is the angel of the Lord has been dispatched. And it looks like it's bleak at times. And it looks like there's no hope. But if you can just see what even Daniel sees. I see the Lord high and lifted up. Come on. The Israelites got their mind on the earth looking at the foundation. But Daniel got his eyes on the Lord and the angel of God. And he got his perspective. Give me my vision back, God. Give me my vision back, Holy Ghost. Can I preach to you tonight? You need your vision back. You need to see what God sees. You need to see what the man of God sees in your life. Come on. It's not about what it looks like right now. It's about what we shall be. If you only, if you, excuse me, if you only based it upon what you see right now, amen, I would be in despair. This year has been a trying year for all of us. Amen, trying to travel in between COVID, trying to travel between states and trying to, all these different mandates of what you can and can't do, changing at every corner. One day it's okay to do this. One day it's not. One day it's okay to do this. Another day it's not. San Diego has opened their restaurants for a 24-hour period. All the restaurants make big announcements, put out all the tables, and then a 24-hour period another judge overturns it, and they shut them down again. We've had this so many times. In fact, my brother-in-law works in one of the restaurant industries. And he said, you won't believe how many people crowded the restaurant at Cheesecake Factory. He went piling in there that 24-hour period. He said, we didn't have enough help. There wasn't enough food. People just wanted to get out the house. But in a 24-hour period, it all changes again. And everybody shut down and laid off. Called everybody in after months for one day and then shut it all down again. It's the world that we live in. And sometimes it's been this road in the church in 2020. One day we're all back. One day we're quarantined. Y'all ain't going to help me preach. One day we're on top, rolling on. He went on all six cylinders, and one day we're limping back to the house of God. He went, it's times, it's distractions in life. It's things that happen. It's beyond our control. But what is in our control is how we respond to the need of the tabernacle. 
What is our, in our control? It's how we see things. I know, I know it looks bleak at times. I know sometimes it looks sad. But if you see what Daniel sees, you'll see a vision of an angel that's fighting for you. If you see what Daniel sees, I see a God that's providing. If you see what Daniel sees, hey, but I see a God that's going to open up the windows of heaven. If you can just see what Daniel, come on. I want to preach to ARC. It's time to get your vision back. It's time to get your hope back. Come on, that building fun ain't full enough. Come on, it's, come on, your van ain't full enough. You don't have enough bus ministry going on. It's time to say, what can we do? Bust out a wall here. Do something. Come on, let me do whatever I've got to do. I've got to see the house of the Lord filled up. It is still the will of God to have revival. It's still the will of God for people to get the Holy Ghost. It's still the will of God for people to be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. Come on, it's not time to throw it away. It's time to plug in and go exactly where God wants us to go in the Spirit. Somebody clap your hands with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, it's in these moments. If you don't have vision, you don't have anything. It's in these moments if you can't see beyond. Hey, man, you don't know. Hey, man, money's tied. And people are holding on to their, their hoarding things in their house. It's a time when food is at times scarce. And we understand paper in all areas of paper have come to an order where people are chaotic and they're stocking up and they don't know what else to do. If you just focus on the right and the now, how are we going to get through this? How, how, how will we build after this? I'll tell you how we'll do it. Isaiah chapter 45. Hey man, the Bible says, as the Lord's talking, hey man, giving vision. And in Isaiah chapter 45, hey man, the Bible says that the Lord speaks. And again, he says, I know your name. He said, the name is Cyrus. The name 150 years before Cyrus was ever king. And he said, I've got a man 150 years before he's ever tasted of the breath of the earth. At 150 years in advance, he said, the man's not even going to know who I am. In other words, he's not a servant of mine. He doesn't worship me. He doesn't even honor me. He said, but I'm going to do a work, and he named him. It's one of the only men in the word of God of heathen origin that was named 150 years in absence. God said, I want my people to know that it may look dark and it may be bad and it may not have hope there. But if you can catch the vision of what God's trying to say, I've had this handled before it ever got here. I've had it worked out the de details before Cyrus ever became king, before Persia ever came and took over the Babylonian Empire. I had a plan 150 years. And really, he had a plan in infinity. Amen. That began to work on our, but what are you saying? There's nothing that takes God by surprise. There's no revival or lack thereof that takes God by surprise. There's no family that comes in or goes out that takes God by surprise. It's time to make up your mind. I'm catching a hold of vision. I'm catching a hold of how God sees us. I'm catching a hold of how God sees this house filled. I'm catching a hold of how God sees my husband saved and my wife saved and my kids coming back to church. I'm catching a hold of vision where some pioneers are going to walk back through the door again. I'm catching a hold of the vision that sick and the lame are going to be healed. I'm catching a hold of the vision that God has for us. Because if you lose that, you lose everything. 16 years will go by before you ever do anything for God. 
Haggai said, you say the time's not now, the time is now. Haggai said, you got clothes, you put money in pockets, and it's like there's holes in the pockets. He said, you got clothes, read it. Haggai chapter 1 and chapter 2. He said, you put clothes on and they're still cold. He said, you've got crops and you've got herds. He said, but you're still empty and they're still hungry with all that you have. Because it doesn't matter how pretty the house is. It don't matter how many times you put that clear coat and wax that car. It don't matter how much stuff you do around the house and the camping trips and the hunting trips and whatever you else you do. And I like doing all of them. It don't matter how much you do that. If you avoid doing the things of God, you'll always be empty. If you put more time into you too than you do into the Word of God, you're always going to be empty. It's getting quiet right now. If you put more time to your favorite televangelist, amen, than you do plug it into the Word of God, you're always, come on, you're always going to be empty. If you put more money into anything else but the house of God, you just put into a bag of holes, honey, and you're going to come back and say, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. You forgot the house of God. You forgot about the foundation, what we have to build. Come on, it's time to build. It's time to restore. It's time to do a work for the whole, for the house of God. Let me just address this just for a moment. I've been on the tabernacle just the last, amen, several weeks. Felt like God keeps directing me here. But it's interesting because the Bible says, amen, that there's a day that comes at the dedication of Zerubbabel's temple. That finally, after they begin to build it, and there it is. It's not Solomon's temple anymore. It's Zerubbabel's temple. And it says the old man stood there on the side, and they wept because they remembered the old temple. And the young men stood there and they rejoiced because they didn't have anything to reference. And they were so excited just to have somewhere where they could worship. Stay with me. But the ones, amen, that were standing there weeping and in sorrowful about the temple that they used to have were the same ones that let go of it because of their disobedience and got rented from them. And in in Solomon's temple, they had the Shekinah glory. But study out your Bible. It was Zerubbabel's temple. By the time it begins to translate to the New Testament, and Herod began to make additions to it. But it's Zerubbabel's temple. But Solomon had the Shekinah, but Zerubbabel's temple had the Savior. Solomon's temple, even had 120 priests, even, but it was on that great day, even when God was giving up the breath, even Christ manifesting flesh, it was in Zerubbabel's temple that the veil was rent, and man had access to the holies of holies, and what represented the, even the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, in the New, it represented the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I want to preach to you, don't you hold on to something that you don't have any longer, you got something to rejoice about, you got a new temple. Come on. You got something that's got potential. You got potential in this thing that can be greater than we've ever had before. Don't you cry over what you lost. You want to rejoice on what you have. Don't cry over what used to be. You want to rejoice on where God's taken you. He can take us higher. He can take us further. He can take us to greater heights and deeper depths. He can widen our margins, widen our territory. We just got to plug in and get the vision. And if we get the vision, there's no devil in hell or how to hell that can stop us if we get the vision of where God wants to take us. Come on, there ought to be more young preachers in this church. I thought I had some help right there. I said there ought to be more young preachers in this church. 
We need more young marriage. Come on, thank God for what we got. What a beautiful congregation. But this isn't enough. Come on, God wants more. Amen. God, come on, God can do more. Thank God for being diverse. But we need more ethnicities. We need, come on, those areas of, amen, a Carson City that you have never reached yet. Come on, it's time to get your gear back on and say, okay, God, it's time to build. Come on, come on, if you get Daniel's vision, you'll never put the shovel down. If you get Daniel's vision, come on, you'll never put the sword away. You'll say, no, we got to keep on fighting. We got to keep on building. We got to keep on building up the church so the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You've never done enough. I'm sorry, but God always requires more. I don't care what level you're at. I don't care if you're the preacher, the evangelist. Hey, man, the guest, the friend. Hey, man, the precious saint of God. I don't care if you've been in the, man, in the church a hundred years. It doesn't matter. God always wants more. There's always more you can learn. There's always more you can do in the kingdom of God. Quiet right now. But I get weary. I get weary of people say, well, preacher, I don't have to pray. I've been in church a thousand years. Yeah, you and T-Rex, both are going to be lost. Hey, man, you've got to plug into the Holy Ghost. That's why the apostles said, I'm going to have to die daily. Hey, man, there's something that keeps me coming to the house of God. No, no wonder Paul said, he in Romans talks about peace more than anybody in the Word of God talked about peace. But in that same chapter, he said, in that same book, he said, I speak in tongues more than any of you. Paul found a direct, direct correlation even to the peace of God that was in his life. It was plugging through to the Holy Ghost. Let me just stay here for a moment. Hey, but we preach against one saved, always saved. Hello, it's quiet right now. We preach against that. But however, in the Pentecost, there's people sitting in this room tonight. Possibly it says, well, I preach against that, but I don't preach against it in Pentecost. Once Holy Ghost filled, always Holy Ghost filled. Honey, it takes you plugging back in. It takes you repenting. Come on. I know you think you're a saint. Even baby Jesus back there. Somewhere you got to plug back in and say, no, I'm not perfect. No, not one. Come on. There's no righteous. No, not one. Amen. I got to get back to the house of God. Amen. I may not be running the aisles like I used to, but I can still plug into the Holy Ghost. I may not come on, be doing backflips and somersaults, but preacher, just get me in the house of God, and there's going to be a response that comes comes out of me. Why? Because I know even the greater days are still before us. And there's still power of plugging in. And there's still power in prayer. And there's still power in backing up the preaching. And the man of God in the pulpit. Because I've never done too much. I don't, I don't have time to break it down. Hey man, I, I have it in notes somewhere, but I think it's 18,600 18, plus hours that it takes to get like a master's degree. And it's 11,000 plus hours just to graduate high school if you go from uh, K through 12 and you talk about all the hours and just give a minimum and you just give them a minimum of talking time about studying and doing their homework. It's over 11,000 some hours just to get to a K through 12. And if you break that down and you do the map, and you break it down by the year of how much time we spend at church and being very generous of how much time we, we come to church and spend in a service. That means, that means you would be somewhere around 60 years old before you had a K-12 through education in the world. 60 years of coming to church, it would take that many hours if you just take and be generous when it comes to three services a week. Had you been coming to church for 60 years, you just now have a... 12th grade education. Quiet. 
What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, have you met some 12th graders? And they might be here or not. We love them. But they don't know everything. Amen. I know they think they do. I did too. Amen. We didn't know everything. We learned us. My parents got a lot smarter the last few years. Praise the Lord. Amen. They got a lot better and more educated. They learned something. Amen. Why? Because the older you get, you understand you haven't learned at all. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying you haven't been in church too long that you don't have to plug it into the Holy Ghost. Come on, baby boomer, I don't care where you're at. Hey, but you haven't, you haven't been to church too much that you could clock in and say, nope, I'm just here and I'm going home in 20 minutes. Come on. No, no, every service I'm plugging in. Hey, no, I, I'm not asking you to tell me how you do it. You just have to make that connection in the Holy Ghost. Okay, God, I'm plugging in. I'm plugging in. I got vision. It's beyond my ears. I know it seems like natural vision's dim. My back doesn't feel like it. Come on, my joints don't feel like it. But somewhere my heart says, I got to plug him to what I feel. Come on somewhere. I got to plug him to what I know. I know that the Lord's been good and he's been faithful. Come on. It's still wonderful to see elders rejoice. It's still wonderful to see adults plug back in in the Holy Ghost. There's something beautiful that comes from it. You know why? Because there's no dispendable saints. Not one person in this room is dispendable. Come on. Don't let the devil lie to you. You're not dispendable. We need every one of you in the house of God. Come on, that's not to forsake that God will still have a church with or without even me. But we need every person in this room, amen, to have the revival that God wants us to have. Come on, we need you and you and you and you and you. We need brother and brother, sister and sister. We need every young couple. We need every young person. We need everybody in this room. Don't let the devil lie to you. Come on, the church needs you. God wants to come on. He meant God's going to use a man. He meant to build a church. He needs some legs on those promises. Come on, he's going to use you. Come on, you're not dispendable. You don't just walk out the door. Nobody remembers. Come on, come on, you're a vital part to the church. He needs grandma and he needs grandson. He needs grandpa and he needs granddaughter. He needs everybody that's under the sound of my voice. He needs adolescent. He went all the way, all the way up. Everybody's got a place in the kingdom of God. And the only way you do that is to keep vision. And the only way you do that is to keep plugged in in the Holy Ghost. You may stand. Amen. The only way you, would you stand with me? The only way you do that is over and over and over again coming back to, okay, God, I'm not looking. Amen. At what the kings of Persia are going to do. Amen. That are going to try to come against us. I'm going to look at what you said in your book. I'm going from prophecy to promise. Come on. How many people get stuck between prophecy and promise? I got a word. Yeah. But you never activated the word. It's like telling someone you've got potential. Hey, but I remember hearing I had potential. Hey, but when I got the call of God on me at 13 years old, but when I heard I got the same potential at 20 years old, it was kind of convicting. Because I never linked up potential with purpose. It's not enough just to say, hey, R.C., you've got potential to be an incredible church if we don't ever link that up with power. It's not enough just to say, oh, my God, this can be an epicenter. Hey, but I can get up here and hype you out better than anybody else. Hey, man, but if we don't link that up to purpose and to power, honey, it's going to be a disaster. I want to link up every bit of potential I have, amen, to the only way I can get where God wants me to go. And it becomes plugged in in the Holy Ghost. And God can do exponential things in the Holy Ghost if we can just plug back into the Spirit. God can take this church places that we never dreamed of if we plug in and say, okay, hey, but I'm going to catch the vision. 
I know nobody wants to use that word. In fact, I argue with God on, on the way over on the drive from Oakland this morning. Hey, but I, I've been up early getting on a plane trying to get here. Hey, been driving across the mountain. Hey, man, I, I just God kept beating that in my head. Vision, vision, vision. And it's a time when you don't want to preach about vision. Because the last time we preached about vision, hey, but it seemed like we got blindsided. But it doesn't change the fact that we still got to see as God sees. We still got to say, God, let open my eyes. Hey, but open the eyes to my heart and let me see what you see. You know what God does when he looks in this room? He sees people you can't see. He sees couples you can't see. He sees young people you can't see. He sees souls that you can't see. He sees your daughter and your son that's back that you can't see. And he sees them coming back to the house. Come on, you can't see it. Hey, but you could just say, God, let me see like you see. God, let me, let, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. God, get my mind right. Get my soul right. Let me see, God, give me a little vision of where you're going to take us. I want to see like Daniel sees. I got a vision. Come on, Cyrus. I got a vision. The prince of Persia is going to be coming against us. But we heard your request the first time you asked. Daniel, the first time you opened up your mouth and you began to pray. Hey, man, the first time, I want you to know we were dispatched and we've been there and we're fighting for the church. You know what's interesting about Daniel? Hey, man, that Daniel can go on fast. Bible talks about a 70-year spam that Daniel during that whole period and Daniel's praying and Daniel's seeking the face of God. But you know what's incredible about Daniel? You never hear Daniel utter one prayer when he's in the lion's den. Because for 70 years, Daniel's been praying. And for 70 years, Daniel's plugging back in. And in the worst time of his life, you never hear about a prayer meeting that happened in the lion's den. Why? Because Daniel had a prayer life. Hey, man, for 70 long, every day, he was praying. Hey, man, when the music was going on, Daniel was praying. When people were bowing, Daniel was praying. When they were trying to make him eat strange things, no, no, I got a prayer life. I can't go there. When everybody's bowing me and bowing ahead, Daniel's, no, no, I got a prayer life. And can I put it this way? When a pandemic comes, hey, man, Daniel doesn't have to be discounted. He's already been plugged in in the worst times of his life. And if, God, you brought me through 70 years, you're going to bring me through a few days in a lion's den. Come on, when lions are chomping their lips and chomping their jaws, looking at a midnight snack, even Daniel's just got to stand flat-footed and know, God, you've been faithful in every area of my life. You're going to be faithful one more time. Why? Because I believe in 70 years, God gave him visions after visions. In fact, study your Bible. Amen. Gabriel came to him several times in 70 years. Gabriel showed up several times and gave Daniel visions and gave him the word of God that was going to come to pass. And when Daniel got in a lion's den and he got in his own pandemic, he could stand flat foot and say, okay, I know it looks bad right here, but my head's looking up. I know, looking at the lions, I, I, I know how bad it can be. They're starving to death and they're just ready to devour my flesh. But if I can get my eyes back on where God if I can get my, my eyes back on where God's taking us and the prophecies that's already come to pass, I'm going to get through this storm just like I've got through every other storm in my life. Come on, ARC. God's got plans for you, but you've got to catch the vision. 
Come on, God's got plans for this church, but if you lose your vision, you'll lose your relationship, and you'll lose your church. I'm not saying the church will fold up. I'm saying you'll fold up. Your involvement in the kingdom of God, you'll close the door on wanting to come back to the house of God. You'll slide into ease and something else until you just you, you get so comfortable until we never see you walk back through the doors. If you lose your vision, if you lose where God wants us to go and what God sees, I'm saying, God, plug me back into the Holy Ghost. God, I need to see in the Spirit. God, I need to be plugged back in until my eyes are open and I see like Daniel sees. Get my eyes off of what's lacking on the foundation and get my eyes up on what God's doing in the unseen. Come on, there's things happening in the unseen world that you can't see right now, but God's heard your request. There's things that you can't see right now, Pastor, even but God's heard your request. Come on, there's, there's, things, there's things that look like they're working against us, but God knows exactly where we're at. If we can just get back to the vision of God, Hey, man, I don't feel like I've delivered this exactly how I wanted to tonight. But I do feel like the God of all glories in this room right now. I do feel like the God of all glories in this sanctuary. And he's beckoning. And he's arcing. And he's calling for somebody to get their vision back. Come on, ARC. I wonder right now if you lift up your hands right where you're at. Come on, would you lift up your voice right where you're at. Come on. Plug me back in, God. I want to go out of this year. Amen. Plugged in. I want to go out of 2020. Plugged in. Amen. Into the Holy Ghost. I want my sight restored. Come on. I feel like a blind man tonight. I want to see again. Come I want to see like as you see. I want to have a vision in the Holy Ghost. I want to go where I haven't went before. Come on. Is there anybody in this house that will say, Preacher, come on. I want to plug in this next year. Come on. Like I haven't in a long time. I want to put, come on, and we'll just slip out of your pew right now. We'll just slip out of your chair. Would you come down to this altar and get your hands back up in the air and say, God, I want to plug it in the Holy Ghost. I want to plug back up in the Spirit. Come on, I want to plug back up in. Amen. What I feel in this house of God right now. Give me vision like I haven't seen in a while. Give me clarity like I haven't had. Come on, I know what you did in the old temple, but God, you can do greater in this temple. Come on, I, I know what you did in yesteryear, but I believe in this area and dispensation of time that you're going to take us uh, into greater dimensions than we've ever seen before. Come on, would you lift up your voice? Come on, would you lift up your voice? Come on, wherever you're at. Come on, if you're still in your pew, thank you. Amen, let's just tap in right now. Come up, you're being careful. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with it. Let's just tap in where we're at right now. Come on, there's a spirit that's in this house. There's a regenerating spirit that's here tonight. Come on, would you worship with us? Would you begin to talk to God? Restore my vision, God! I want to see like you see. Come on, I want to see like you see, God. I want to see like you see, God. Let me see there's angels fighting for us. Let me see there were two or three gathered. If one can put a thousand and two can put, come on. Amen. Let us see as you see us, God. I want to see, God, that you're warring. I want to see that you're working in the background. I want to see that you're building up a great church. 
I want to see, God, that you haven't forgotten us. That you're pushing us forward. That you're pushing us forward. Come on, restore vision. Give us vision, God. Let us see further than right now. Let us see further than pandemics. Let us see further than sickness. Let us see further than backsliders. Let us see further than people that's wayward. Let us see further. Let me see as you say, God. Let me see the church high and lifted up. Come on. Let me see the vision, God, that you have for us. And we're standing here only because you Come on, that's right. Pray like you know to pray. Come on, touch God like you know how to touch God. He Come on, I'm leaving. I'm leaving 2020, but I'm leaving plugged in. Come on, I, I'm getting some salve on the eyes tonight. Come on, I, I want I to see again. Come on, I feel like a Samson spirit right now. It's not about my strength that I've lost. Come on, it's not about my stamina. It's not about any of that. Oh, God, avenge me on my sight. Let me get my vision back. Because if I get my vision, I can get my strength. If I get my vision, come on, I can get, I can get it all back. But I've got to be able to see again. I pray, God, you take the scale. Amen, off of this church. Take the scale. Take the blinders off of us and let us see the whole picture. Oh, God, I speak life in the name of Jesus. And we're standing here only because you made a way. Let him make a way again. Let him make a way again. Let him make a way again. And it looked as if it was over. Lift up your voice. 